0: Check out my expression greeting cards that will crack you up. Fresh, original, and perfect for so many occasions. Use the exclusive code Rocky from now until January 14th and get 10% off all items in the shop. Get excited and shop my expression. That's my e g g s p r e s s i o n dot com. was fucking crazy. I wrote a poem offering up some suggestions on how maybe those individuals, putting it nicely, individuals could better use their time in the future. It's called Not Coup. You know what's not cool? A government coup. There are much better things that white people can do. You can start your own book club. You can start your own band. Try and jerk off with a non-dominant hand. Oh, the list is so long and I promise I'm right. There are much cooler ways to express that you're white. You can wave at a cop without worry or fear. You can make all your friends try your new homemade beer. You can throw a frisbee and then call it a sport. You can probably breeze through almost every airport. You can quote Bruce Springsteen. You can quote Billy Joel. Enjoy probiotics from your clay-sculpted bowl. You can watch The Good Place for the 800th time or finally admit the best band is Sublime. Stay out of D.C. Don't embarrass yourself. You're better than this. You made Elf on a Shelf. Don't be like a Karen. Those women are drama. Take a seat, just relax. Have you tried marijuana? Capitol Hill, I assure you, you just don't belong. You're much better suited for a game of beer pong, or a game of Catan, or a big game of Clue. I know for a fact white people, rocket taboo. Do a walk-in impression every party you go. And you sound fucking cool when you call cocaine snow. Dress for the Derby and bet on a horse. Blame your childhood trauma on your parents' divorce. Drink fresh cold brew coffee. Kiss your dog on the tongue. Wear gray-colored sweatpants. What, some white boys are hung. Just stay off the hill. Trump isn't for you. It's the wrong side of history to join in on a coup. for the I'm gonna be honest, I don't have much of a rundown. We're a, trapped in the house, and b, we watched history, unfortunate history, but history unfold in front of us on the TV this week. My personal life was less than wild, less than exciting. So I had the idea for this week coming up, but maybe I would do some random acts of kindness. The random acts of kindness that I Googled, I'm gonna tell you if I think you should use them on yourself or use them on someone else. Smile was one of them. So you can do this with yourself in the mirror and that will boost your confidence, boost your self worth. But I think during a pandemic when you're trapped in the house and maybe you can't smile at people as much, a smile could be done by throwing someone who maybe isn't in your algorithm on Instagram, throw them a like. That random act of kindness is good because it works for you and it works for others. Hold the door open for a stranger. This one, I think you can actually do the opposite. Don't hold the door open for a stranger. If you find yourself entering a building around the same time as someone else, run ahead of them much faster and make sure the door closes so you don't have any less than six feet contact with them because you don't know where they've been and they don't know where you've been. So run away and make sure that that door is slammed in between you two. Give an honest compliment. That one's easy, just slide into someone's DMs. Be a good listener. Check, you're doing that. And guess what, you're doing great. Offer to help someone. When we're not leaving our homes a whole bunch, I think a good way to help someone is to randomly pick a day of the week that hasn't happened yet, check the weather for them, and then send them a text telling them what the weather will be that day. It'll be random, it'll be unsolicited, but you might actually be helping. Ask the person who's serving you how their day is going. How about just make sure your mask is covering your mouth and your nose if you're talking to someone who's serving you? At this point, someone will just probably be happy that you respect them enough to wear your mask and not think COVID just disappears because you're outside. Treat someone to a coffee or tea. You're someone, treat yourself to a coffee or tea. Maybe you make your coffee, you prep it before you leave the house in the morning, or maybe you go support a small coffee shop, mom and pop business. You're no good to anyone if you're no good to yourself. My guest this week is comedian Nick Alexander. Nick has a really exciting project coming up. He's recording his first ever comedy album, which is a huge deal in any comedian's career. It's going to be filmed live in LA. They're being really cautious of COVID and it's going to be COVID managed really well. I'll put the information on my Instagram on how any LA friends who might be out there and wanting to go support a comedy show in a COVID cautious environment. I'll let you know how you can do that. He shared a truly wild story. His wild word was blockage. And then we had a really nice conversation after that too. So, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nick Alexander as much as I enjoyed having it. If you haven't done so already, please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Wild Nights with Rocky and do some random acts of kindness for yourself. Nick welcome thank you for doing the podcast
1: Rocky P what's going on girl it is so
0: good to see you
1: likewise it's been years
0: oh yeah little backstory Nick is obviously a comedian in LA now but we first met over a decade ago when I was working as a cocktail waitress Mm -hmm. at an underground comedy club called Ha and Nick was a comedian there
1: the club of club when it came to tourism I would say and Ha would work your ass the cocktail waitresses Mm -hmm. the bar tenders the comics worked super super hard because they had so many shows every night six seven shows a night so yeah i'm sure rocky you was racking up them tips and yes and for me i was developing my ass off at a way faster rate than most yeah comics.
0: of all the comics that were there there were a couple of them that just always stayed nice and always stayed cool and that was you you were always one Aww, of them so. thank you
1: <laughs> comics I feel to recognize people you gotta get along with the waitresses because they're yeah. the eyes they they're, they're mm-hmm. always talking they're fraternizing not to say they're talking shit about you but they're definitely gonna always talk to the owner the manager about you know what what's what so yeah I learned early on hey treat the waitresses nice to they help you do your job better I became a better tipper because of watching y'all
0: yeah yeah
1: they are doing a lot they're busting their ass yeah like. so I tip better because of what I saw at high that's so
0: group. funny the girls will okay. randomly like keep a text going oh so, that's yeah.
1: great you keep that that period of your life I think Rosa just had her birthday January
0: second I believe yeah
1: yeah, we're both Capricorns, so she's still a Facebook friend of mine. How many years did you work at her?
0: I worked there a little over two years, I got a job there. Did you ever work with Amy?
1: Amy, Amy. She,
0: I, she and I went to college together and she okay. got me the job and I was doing the service bar at first, right. like the lobby bar mm-hmm. when I was still in college and then I just transitioned right into cocktail waitressing. My school was Dina. Dina was like, I'm taking you under my wing and teaching you yeah. how to do it. So Sensei, is that? Hey,
1: look, there's a sensei in any kind of field. So yep. she showed the ropes and how to like not get overwhelmed because y'all had so many, we had so many shows and crowds were usually pretty big consistently or even if not late just late shows it's exhausting work it's a battle and Dita's just always been cool good, good time good
0: people you know? we knew so we came up with some really good people with good people comes good mm-hmm. stories i know you have a great story for me today i'm really excited to hear it I-
1: Yes, I thought about it long and long and hard. I really wanted to make sure I came to to, to pull off a decent story for you.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you guys know I asked Nick for a wild word, and the word he gave me was blockage. So this yes. is Nick's story on blockage. Let's hear it, Nick.
1: Okay, so I'm three or four years into stand-up. No, maybe like two even, because I started when I was 18, and I okay. wasn't 21 yet. JP Justice, who was a regular at huh? Ha. Shout Hilarious out to JP.
0: Comedian.
1: Yes. Very, very, very funny. Big homie. He got me on some of my first road gigs. Mm-hmm. And one of these gigs one time was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Right. So he has me. Was Matt Richards still at how when you were there?
0: The name sounds familiar, but I can't put a face to the name.
1: He got he got banned sort of because uh, he like fucked a waitress. Oh, but okay. it was it was it was a thing. and You know, it, this is history now. Yeah. Remember our manager, Mikey. Yeah. Matt fucked somebody he liked.
0: Oh, got it, got and
1: it. he found out about it and then it was just like, yeah. So he was like, you fuck Susie? you out of like, there, yep. Susie was a hot waitress, I guess, or mm-hmm. somebody. Anyways, so Matt <laughs> goes on a roll, me too. So it's me, Matt, JP, and I think my friend Nico might have went, or maybe just me and Matt. So we're in Lancaster. We're opening up for Tommy Davidson and wow. Michael Collins, right? Who was
0: There's the second a,
1: name? Michael Collier. He was a, a, a comic, you know, mostly known in the, in the black circuit, but he did the original Def Jam. He did mm-hmm. Comic View, a couple of movies, you know, like how, like House Party 3 and, and and guest starred on a lot of the big black TV shows in the 90s. So he's a, in, the, in the urban circuit, black circuit. He's, he's a big, a big that, comedian. He's been since the late 80s. Uh, you know how you heard stories about Chappelle and Charlie Burnett doing uh-huh. shows in Square Park? Yes. He, he was that guy in Venice Beach in Los Angeles in the late 80s. And he okay. was homeless. And he used to do like four or five shows a day in Venice and make like thousands of dollars or mm-hmm. hundreds of dollars. So we'll okay, open it yeah. up for Tommy Davidson, legend Tommy Davidson. Oh, uh, yeah, Michael no Tommy
0: Ray. Davidson. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's exciting. You know, we're looking forward to the gig. It's going to be at this like big hotel in the, in their ballroom. And then we, we got a room in the hotel you know, like a Marriott or some shit. Right. We're excited, you know, going on the road, you know, trying to see if we can kill at the show and, and get girls. That's the, Of you course. With 20 or 21, that's all we're thinking about, right? Yeah. We meet up the promoter of the show, and the promoter of the show is this drug dealer motherfucker named Brown. And Brown, I think he's from New York, and Brown yeah. was like this, like, yo, what's up, son? I came through. Yo, the show's <laughs> going to be a shit. You know, we got bitches, we got liquor, anything y'all need, let me know. And the funny thing about this dude was Brown was on house arrest, well, kind of on house arrest. <laughs> he has been out of, He got out of jail and he was like, he has a, you know, he has a strict rule, but they allowed him to do the show at the hotel or whatever like that. You know, it's not, it's not a, a secret or anything, but like when you do comedy shows sometimes and you work with drug dealers or yeah. whoever, a lot of times what they do is do comedy shows to, to clean their money. Can you know, I just Brown? say,
0: I love the idea of Brown just yeah. having an ankle bracelet on, but being allowed to do this. He can't do anything else, but he's allowed yeah. to go to this hotel and run yeah. this comedy show. I love the idea of that. He, it's so he funny.
1: figured out some, some way to get permission to yeah. to throw us around the town while he got the ankle shit on. That's and so funny. He's just super funny. You know, we get the show. We have the show. show does well. Big crowd. Pretty big crowd. And, you know, me, Matt, we do our thing. Grace said. You know, we were meeting some of the local townspeople before the show. And by the time after the show, a lot of people wanted to hang out with us, right? Yeah. So then they go like, well, the after party is at this club or this little thing across the street. But I can't go because I'm not 21. Oh, no. But Matt was like, uh, don't worry, young Nicholas. I got you. Just just sit tight. Don't be so thirsty. And I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. I'm chilling. So he's like, just go to the hotel. Just chill, man. I, I tell you, I'm going to just go to the thing real quick. And then I'm going to head back to the town and bring some girls. We're going to have some fun tonight, man. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do some shit. Got it, I'm yeah. like, all I hang out with uh, JP because JP didn't want to go to the club or whatever. like that, So we kicking it. Right. And Matt Richards is one of my best friends. And he is a wizard as far as like a magnet of attraction. Like this dude, I've seen him. He's like a pickup artist. Mm-hmm. He, he can do magic. He's hilarious. Anytime he's doing stuff, he just gets people in his orbit and they just fucking in awe of what he's saying. He's hilarious. Off the cuff. He's getting drunk. He's just the best host ever. Yeah. So he calls me and tells me like, yo, I got nine girls. Make sure you get this liquor and get some ice. So I'm going to come back to the room with these chicks and because we got bottles. Yeah. And I'm like, Woo! nine girls? I don't know if I'm going to sleep with nine girls, but damn it. I should be able to get at least one. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, yeah, yeah. The odds are in your favor It's this number. Yeah.
1: It's two of us, nine of them. Good math. So Matt comes back. We're charming the shit out of these girls, making mm-hmm. them laugh, getting drinks. They, and they were cute. Here's the thing. When you go to towns like Lancaster, Pennsylvania, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when you're coming in on a show like that even though we weren't headliners or nobody like that they pay tickets to go see we're in a highlight of their fucking week month maybe <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: there ain't you're shit on, going on from, from new york I, we're the comics from new york yeah. we, we got the swag and everything like that we just look like fun peep, fun dudes even though there were women all the women were older than us were grown like you know mm-hmm. late 20s 30s mm-hmm. but we're so entertaining that they're just with the shits like they're just happy to do Absolutely. something else because it's probably just little bars, restaurants, you raise your kids. It's very simple. Every mm-hmm. day is the same, same shit cycle. So and like, who are these guys? Y'all talk like this? I can't believe y'all say this, yeah. you know, flirty, funny shit. We're like thinking, yo, we got to get one. some of these girls, right? They got kids yeah. and shit, but they still look kind of good. <laughs> we're like, we're going to handle these baby mamas tonight.
0: You're not trying to be a stepdad, but you can be- Nah, yeah,
1: not trying to be a stepdad. Yeah. Just a temporary one-nighter. <laughs> we keep in touch with Facebook. i see how All your kids are right. coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I- I'll throw you a like. <laughs>
1: I thought you were like here and there in the LOL. Here's where blockage starts coming into orbit. So Brown had his two cousins or his two, you know, dudes with him who helped him with shit and ran shit. Naturally. They were talking to us the whole show. You know, everybody knows them. Mm-hmm. They know them. You know, we were cool with them or whatever like that. But then after the show, they caught the vibe that me and Matt were going to be trying to get girls and get pocketed popping somewhere. And they were very, very eager to try and figure out what we were doing. Yeah. Then one of them spots I think Matt when they go into back into the hotel to check into our room. Okay. After a while, me and Matt are with the girls, the dudes knock on the door. Oh no. Trying to get in and party with us. And we like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> Man, here's the thing. We're in Lancaster. We in they turf. Right. And we can't really say no. Can't come in right now. But they had the key and they were gonna try and get in. Right. But right. they were knocking on the door first. And me and Matt were like, "Fuck, we can't get rid of them because they know we got the nine girls in there. They yeah. heard us laugh. We fucking have to let them in, right? They were kind of drunk and high. They start acting stupid. Mm-hmm. Start trying to be funny, but they jokes ain't really kicking in it like mm-hmm. that. They're turning the vibe. Vibe is getting all the way fucking down. And Rocky, if I tell you. Mm, it's, it may be 15, 20 minutes, like six of them girls left. No. Six or seven girls left. Just saying, oh, you know, it's late. We kind of got to go. This, you guys were funny. You know, good night. They didn't want to be around them, them dudes, right? He's ruining this shit for us. Yeah. One or two girls stay behind. I guess these are one of the girls that like he that he fucked with. Yeah. So he takes her to the bathroom and fucks her. These, these, the, the young dudes are who are like our age, they take one of the girls in our room was kicking it with us with our liquor, drinking our shit, It goes into the bathroom and fucks her. And me and Matt are looking at each other. We're like so fucking sad. We just listen. We're like, oh, well, if we ain't going to get no, we might as well just listen. And this nigga was pounding the shit out of her. You could tell he was (laughs) doggy, we're hearing the cheeks clap. And we're just like, this is some fucked up shit. How did we get cock blocked in our own room? Yeah. You know? Yeah. They come out and he was like, yo, man, this shit was dope, yo. All right. Y'all was funny, man. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't even the funny
0: ones. You did and all even of the comics. <laughs> you were literally the warm-up comics.
1: We would have we opened an axe. Like, we yeah. did, like, you know, seven, ten minutes, whatever. People would saw us be funny. And they saw we were Then we were entertaining off stage for, like, two hours. Well, Matt, Matt had him at the bar and convinced them to all come to the room. Yeah. And we were charming the shit out of them for, like, another 40, 30 minutes. And then these dudes come in, blockage. Yeah. Kicked out the other girls who was maybe feeling us. And then fucked the one hood rat that was, you know, <laughs> that was on his <laughs> roster.
0: That was on his roster. I'm dead.
1: <laughs> Complete blockage. We never felt like losers. We're like listening to this fucker. Like, just let's have sex in our bo- in our bathroom. Came back with blue balls. We came back to New York with blue balls. <laughs> it lasted the whole van ride back to New York. Me and Matt were just like.
0: The <laughs> twins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rose and Ryan Candle Company, where all products are made from 100% soy wax. After years of thoughtful research and testing, these candles have a cleaner burn than factory candles. Their fragrance oils are also the strongest and cleanest, leaving your workspace or home smelling incredible. From now until January 31st, you will receive 10% off at checkout with promo code ROCKY. Visit Rose and Ryan Candle Co. on Instagram or Etsy.com backslash shop backslash Rosen Ryan Candle Co. to get your very own luxury soy wax candles and melts. I am picturing Brown to look like, and the actor, his name is escaping me, but he was in Friday and he's the one that keeps asking Smokey for the money.
1: Mm, mm, oh, like Pays on Love with the with yeah, worm. Big and,
0: yeah, yeah, big worm. Nah. That's what brown I picture brown to look like.
1: Hilarious. No, he didn't have the rollers in his hair. Brown was more so like chubby, short stubby New York dude with the New York fitted tilt to the side. Okay. Big T-shirt, like, yo, what's up?
0: The clapping,
1: Remember, yeah. Grew up in the 90s era. Yeah,
0: constantly older dude, over like this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. He would say wild shit too. His wild shit would make you laugh and like the comments look at you like, he'd be like, yo, man, if y'all don't be funny tonight, man, y'all niggas can get buried somewhere out here. He like... <laughs>
0: Don't even know if he's half serious or...
1: Yeah, we're going to kill it. Don't worry, we'll be funny tonight. Like, (laughs) his jokes will go a little too far. Fun gig, funny story. Man, we just had the world in our hands in Lancaster, and then we lost it. It
0: was the dream to get the women, and then... Brown and Man, his people swooped in. Now, after that, did you ever see Brown again?
1: We did two shows in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. That show was the second show, because the first time we opened up for John Witherspoon.
0: Oh, wow. It was Speaking of Ma- Friday.
1: Yeah, me, yeah, from Friday. R.I.P. John Witherspoon, the legend, wow.
0: legend. Yeah, such a
1: legend. It was me. Yeah, Matt Richards, my boy Nico White, and I think even Shantae Wayne well, was on the show too. And that was the first time. And then the second show, JP brought us back because JP was hosting it. And he did Collier and Tommy Davidson. And wow. then they, they did like one more show, but it didn't last because the tickets didn't, it didn't sell as many tickets. Like the comics on the on the bill were funny, but they just weren't big time, you know, names like Tommy and, and uh, John. Right. But we did, we did those two shows. So that was last time I saw Brown was after the second show, which was the Tommy and Collier one. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. And Chante Wayne Waynes, Brian. she popped up when I was watching Tiffany Haddish's Netflix special. And I remember yeah. her from back at Ha, and I yeah, just she... thought she was the funniest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she...
0: Waynes, if you're listening, I really want you on the show.
1: <laughs> She's doing great. You know, I, um, I, I see her every now and then. I, she's another friend of my. I've known since I've been doing comedy really mm-hmm. early on. Yeah, now she's in LA. You know, she's doing social media. She had the special, so mm-hmm. she can really be established as a comic. She did one of those shows as well. So yeah, but I ain't seen Brown. I don't know if, if Brown is still the king of Lancaster.
0: <laughs> if anybody knows, let us know. If anybody from Lancaster or surrounding yeah. Lancaster, if you see Brown, if we you hear Brown. about Brown, we miss you, I, Brown.
1: I, I hope the ankle monitor is off, Brown.
0: I bet I it hope. is by now. I, it is yeah I bet it is I hope I hope you didn't put anybody in the ground though for not being funny yeah me too <laughs> now you said you're out in LA is the comedy circuit out there really tight do you guys feel that camaraderie or because it's different than New York? You in know, terms of the bouncing back and forth to clubs and whatnot because everybody's driving out there right yeah
1: everybody's driving so you know if you got the homies with you you're carpooling hitting shows okay. to get mics or stuff like that that necessarily wasn't my story because i'm a new york comic first and i was going out to la to visit and make my runs and my rounds and do shows mm-hmm. and by- moved out there you know you're not gonna know everybody there but i wasn't a stranger to the town like i mm-hmm. know enough comics so i could get on shows i get recommended get up here and there and as i transition i know comics who who have their cliques you know that some of those guys are, are, are really loyal friends to each other and they they build each other up they hit the mics and hit the stages together sometimes you have to hang out a lot more than you can do perform that's just kind of the thing you got to do eventually until the clubs really can work you in because you're competing with veteran comedians mm-hmm. who are established, who have TV credits, which is fine. But then you're also competing with famous comics who have made it and are successful and are either coming back to stand-up work to or start doing their set again, or they're polishing their stuff to get tight because they're getting ready for a tour or for a special. So you deal with a lot more of getting bumped by somebody big time. You know, in New York, you're like honored when that happens to you. Like if Chris yeah. Rock shows like, whoa, I got bumped by Chris Rock. When you're in L.A., you can get bumped by Chris Rock like three times that week. The aura kind of wears off because it's like, wait, I still love these guys who are famous, who I've idolized. But at the same time, it's like, shit, yeah. I mean, I got three, two shows this week and now I just got bumped on one of them. And maybe they are trying to
0: do your thing and they're not letting you work on your craft.
1: So there's a lot of hurdles. Plus, there's not as many clubs. So you Mm -hmm. got less clubs. The same amount of comics, if not more, Mm -hmm. veteran and superstar comics you're competing with for spots at these main clubs. And you have to figure out how to learn how to do the indie shows or the ones that are like in backyards or in in like little cool bars or in different areas outside Hollywood. Because Hollywood, the Hollywood scene is small. And, you know, L.A. is okay but it's just not as much stage time promise to you as New York does. Wow. On any level. That's when I, I learned other skill sets and I got into other parts of comedy doing improv and sketch with my uh, group, Cornbread Kitchen. We were at UCB and, mm-hmm. you know, we had our show there and we were writing and producing our own sketches and we were an independent group. I started to kind of branch out a little bit and... You know, do stuff improv, I have you guys
0: worked through the quarantine together? Have you done any Zoom shows or anything like that? We, or
1: we tr- we tried in the beginning of the quarantine. Maybe let's just treat it like a maybe like a half podcast, half improv show. We uh-huh. just talk talk shit. 15 20 minutes and then maybe use that to inspire us doing improv sets on zoom and we could try yeah. to make it and we did a couple some of my friends from the group we just decided to just write together and work on stuff and you know just stay creative as much as we can i would do my own zoom show i had a, mm-hmm. zoom, like a variety show so i didn't want oh, to have just com- people who want to do characters or if you feel like a little sketch you can do or or and some stand-up I did, or you know that's cool if you play music and do comedy you
0: yeah can, the uh, zoom improv i do zoom improv with my team and it's it's just it, i love it for the connection of the community chain yeah. together because that's yes. when this is all over. I still want to be a part of that community because it's been a part of my life for so many years. But it's you stuff- it I've studied at UCB and the pit and I did them simultaneously to finish oh. my training at the pit. Then I went all the way through at UCB, but I got put oh. on a team at the pit first. Okay, so I stuck it out with them for years and years and years, and then in the past year and a half, there's a new theater called The Armory, it's new ish, like the last five years. I'm on yeah, a okay. team there.
1: Yeah, I, I used to, I I took UCB in New York before mm-hmm. I moved to LA. I did the four levels, mm-hmm. I, I got the diversity scholarship. Nice, you know, so I paid on money. Yeah, uh, yeah, my brother
0: and, got that too, and he loved it. He was like, This was, is great. <laughs>
1: clutch i yeah i learned I learned i'll learn all this shit for free mm-hmm. so i took an improv in new york and i had that foundation and and you know that, those skills that really did help me with like auditions for commercials and stuff mm-hmm. but that's you know it's good on your resume for that and also for doing stand-up like as when i was hosting or just even in my set it freed me up to take more just risk with going where with whatever the flow is and then in la cornbread when we started forming up and committing to the group thing we all decided like hey let's get in ucb we all need to take classes so i was i was doing the ucb thing again i did perform at the pit a couple of times i used to hang yeah. out at the pit. A little bit man it's crazy because you know, the spots are gone now you know i know well, he's gone he's been gone for a couple of years and now they've shut down like both venues so it's it's weird in new york you know you uh, used to be sunset and la just shut down
0: i know so there's still one location right
1: yeah the franklin one the original one
0: okay so hopefully when hopefully this all is yeah. over that one will still be yeah running we have to I hope cross so. for that they
1: were trying to switch over to non-profit because mm-hmm. uh, I was part of the BIPOC coalition that we're having town halls and meetings with the space because you know they all kind of went under fire with the racial stuff that was taking place this year of course yeah we got called out for what they've been doing which is shades of racism and tokenism unfair treatment to a performers of color Can them understand how shit really got to change yeah if you want these people who make your space hot because they bring in different crowds to, to the shows to the school people who never were who might have not taken a look at improv or sketch they do it because they're seeing people that look like them in Absolutely. the black, black communities I hope it can come back it's just going to take a lot lot of work, you know? Yeah,
0: we'll put out good vibes for them. But now I want a little bit more about you. Do you have something really exciting going down this week?
1: Yeah, I'm recording, filming my debut comedy album. I'm excited. I'm nervous because I'm definitely not getting the chance to practice.
0: Okay, yeah. Um,
1: as the average comic kind of would, you know, usually when you're prepping, you're just working your set. You, even if it's short sets, the, the pandemic has made that tough. And then I'm trying to get these little short spots and, or just look at my set until Saturday on the 16th when I record, January 16th, I'm doing two shows. It's something i put off for a while. Like I've wanted to do an album for like three, four years now. Yeah. And every time I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. This is one of my goals for the year, do a comedy album. I get, you know, just caught up in other work, the yeah, cornbread stuff, the sketch, the writing, the up, acting, you know, I was booking commercials the past couple years. I was, uh, I just always put the album to the side. I ideally wanted to do it in New York, but when I was just kind of looking at, okay, I have some money I can maybe invest in. It's a risk. It's tough with the pandemic. Not everybody feels comfortable going out, but you know what? I had a lot of shit that I went through this year that I got to kind of get out of my chest and I want to put out material I've been doing the past seven, eight years and what I developed this year because I want to speak about what happened as far as Black people being treated a certain way, protesting, losing a friend in a tragic way, going through depression and trauma Mm -hmm. building myself back up i went through a lot weight
0: of 2020 you felt the weight of 2020 and more
1: than any other year in my life Mm
0: -hmm. so this comedy album that you're putting out is special in a couple different ways
1: yeah for sure i think my title is almost there right now the working one is called r.i.p to my 20s Beautiful. Um, I turned thirty this month.
0: What date is your actual birthday?
1: My birthday's on the 18th, but okay. we're the 16th MLK weekend. You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, it's a, celebrating my birthday, celebrating making it another year. Cause this was a year where I just bad negative thoughts um, mm-hmm. that really up that took me out. It changed my mood, losing friends, losing family. Right. So the album is about release. It's about therapy. It's about making people laugh live again, Mm -hmm. you know, retiring my older stuff, touching on everything so that I can walk into my new life that I kind of have set up for me. Like I'm turning 30. I live with my lady. I just got, Mm -hmm. we just got... Man, you know, I
0: congratulations. Yes, yeah,
1: my first spot with my name on it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole new life I'm walking into that I'm, and I'm not really connected to the older stuff I used to do. So, yeah,
0: I think that this special that you're putting out is going to be really beautiful. I think with everything that happened in 2020 and everything yeah. you've just told me, there's a reason it's taking yeah. you the time it's taking you to put it out because yeah. now. Is your time. It's your time now.
1: When my friend he passed away, he uh, he committed suicide. One I'm sorry friends. to
0: hear that, Nick. That's not easy.
1: It's not. You That's know, not easy. Um, he was in the group. Corner mm-hmm. Kitchen, I was mentioning before, and we, you know, we were just really tight. Like, we knew each other before the group. When I moved out to L.A., he was one of the first friends that I made when I when I officially, officially moved. For four years, man, it was just him and me were attached at the hip. It hit me really, really, really hard. It took a lot of work for me to kind of get back to a place where I could smile. And mm-hmm. just because I was in such, a, such a, a bad state at one point and, you know, dedicating the album to him in a way. Good. Uh, and it, I put a lot of focus into honoring him in a way where we could kind of give him like a tribute, a proper send off. That took months after he passed away and took a lot out of us, our collective that worked together to kind of Mm -hmm. make sure that he got proper flowers or whatever. Right. Um, So now I'm walking into this year like, okay, this is something that I can do for Nick Alexander. Nobody else. It's not a collaboration. I'm collaborating with the people who are helping me with, put it together, but this is something that is specifically for for me. You know what I mean? And doing my first one is great. I get to challenge myself. Now I get to work on newer newer stuff and and update my set. Just grow as an artist. So the album has a whole bunch of different purposes. Promoting myself. And there's so much people who don't even know I do comedy. So it's about that establishing myself as a stand-up. Where here's some body of work you can listen to. It's,
0: it's a matter of yeah. what kind of fame that you want and what kind yeah. of recognition that you want. I'm confident that the recognition you're going to get is going to be really deserved because I know Uh, you and I think you're really, really funny. What was your friend's name who passed away?
1: His name was uh, Tariq Jackson. Tariq
0: Jackson. So it yeah. will never be easy. You you know that already. It's never going to yeah. be easy to not have him in your life, especially he was a part of your life for such of the formative years, the 26, 25, 26, 27, like all the really yeah. fun times. But the yeah. times when you have to start to kind of grow up, like you said, you've got your first yeah. place with your girl. It's your place with your name. Those are moments you don't forget. So to not have him by your side for stuff like that, that is something that is going to stick with you But now we're in 2021. Yes, yes, we are. You have your own album coming out for the first time ever. The title will come to you. You know it will just come to you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's a strong candidate. RIP to my 20s or Surviving My 20s. Those are the top two contenders. Which one do you like more?
0: I think RIP to my twenties.
1: Yeah. I like it's that a, one. It's a it's a dark thing. Like I I've already visualized how I want to look. It's kind of like me giving roses to myself or in a way Like you know Be how dark. You, Go there. I mean, Who cares? Yeah. I got a, I got this really nice black trench coat. Mm. Like like uh Neo and shit from the mm-hmm. Matrix.
0: Oh my god, and I just watched that the other day. It's so funny.
1: Pack away shades and just keep it black. Yeah, it'll look dark, but you know, the the there is a lot of laughs in the in in the 45. But when I'm really thinking about, okay, the jokes I'm going to do on this album thing, I'm like, damn, if I feel like I have a lot of stuff to remember, and it's like, shit, I might not be able to get to this joke. Or part not going to make the cut? Like, I got some bits where I feel like, uh, I don't want to talk about my, my grandmother this way. You know, I used to make fun of my grandmother.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, I do. I do. Oh, my God.
1: I do. And I kept, like, I, you know, developed more stuff about my grandmother and my mother and my father, my, my Haitian family, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I have to, like... I don't think I could put this on an album. I don't want her to hear this. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. So So whatever makes the album, that will be, I feel really, really good about it. To people in LA on January 16th, they have some time before that. How do they get tickets? How do they see it?
1: Yes. So specifically, if you go to my Instagram account, which is at Nick of Comedy, N-I-C-K-O-F-C-O-M-E-D-Y, one word, Nick of Comedy, the link where you can get tickets is in my bio. So you click on the link. The Eventbrite has all the information you need. I have COVID protocols to make sure everything runs safely. I have a manager that's going to be hired to work it with me. So we're taking care of people safety. We're prioritizing that. It's on my Instagram page bio, Nick of Comedy. Confirmed for tickets. I'm doing two shows on the 16th.
0: One question. What's Your up? Your manager.
1: Is it Brown? Oh, um. <laughs> it's not brown tell I me the go, truth is it brown yo nick i'll I come out for you man you know what i'm saying i just yo you my cousin's gotta work to if i hear you.
0: somebody fucking in the bathroom i know it's
1: somebody <laughs> in brown's family
0: yeah one of brown's <laughs> people nick it was really really wonderful to have you on yeah, great tough.
1: great time congratulations on doing the podcast oh doing thank your- you that- you got nice, chill uh, layout, the flowers in the back. It's peaceful. Oh,
0: yes, I feel very zen. I feel very zen you right know. now.
1: You need that living in Astoria.
0: Oh, man. Well, Nick, thank you so much. It was great catching up with you.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year, too. Happy success New Year, growth.
0: Big things. Big things in 2021 thing. for Nick Alexander. I feel it.
1: It's uh-huh.